This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 102 for Monday, January 28, 2013. That's a lot of 20s. 28, 2013. Oh, just two 20s. Yeah. It's 40. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a program. Uh, but we are back, and this is probably the last podcast before... Season three resumes really? on February tenth. Well, how exciting is that? So it gets two weeks away, right? Yeah, uh, yes, about that. Less than that, actually. Now, a week and a half comes on the tenth. So, uh, unless something really big happens next week that we absolutely need to sit here and talk about, we will likely just pick it back up after um, the show comes back with episode number nine, right? Nine. Number, number nine. Number nine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> number nine on the tenth. So we, we've got a few things to do today, some Walking Dead news. We're also going to talk about the uh, final two chapters of the Telltale video game. Yep. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. We've been meaning to do that for some time now. And uh, a little bit of listener feedback and some potential spoilers right at the end of the show. We're going to save those for the end. So don't worry about that. We'll give you fair warning when they're coming up. Fair before we get started, though, there are two two important observances uh, oh. this, this today Exciting. To, to observe today. Right. The first one is Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. Oh, okay. Very important. And uh, before we get to the second one, I'll tell you a little bit about Bubble Wrap Day. Okay. Spirit 95 Radio in Bloomington, Indiana started Bubble Wrap, uh, our registered trademark, Appreciation Day in 2001, held its first annual... Bubble Olympiad with events oh. such as bubble wrap popping relay, pop a mole, so similar to the well known carnival game, whack a mole, and sculpture and fashion design contests. Oh, okay. Of bubble wrap. Well, that's nice. I've got a big roll. Of, oops, I got a big <laughs> roll of bubble wrap in uh, in my office at home. I should uh, design a a jacket. A jacket or a dress or something like well, that? Well, not a, a, something uh, that I could wear and then run into walls and see if it hurts. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Here, I've got a joke for you, okay. but, but I, I, it may not. I don't know if I can pull it off out of the top of my head right now. Bubble wrap appreciation joke. Yes. So a guy walks into a doctor's office uh-huh. completely naked except wrapped in bubble wrap. Right. And the doctor says, well, I can clearly see your nuts. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that also works with saran wrap. It does. Uh, I think that's probably how I heard it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, anyways, the other observance today is National Kazoo Day. Oh, cool. Kazoos. Now, you probably have some familiarity with kazoos being that... a former clown. Yes. Uh, I've never actually been able to uh, use a kazoo because you still have to hit the notes, right? It's up to you to hit the notes. Uh-huh. And it's just the kazoo makes it sound more entertainlier. And uh, I can't sing, so hitting the notes was the hard part, so a kazoo is just uh, basically a noisemaker for me. Now, wait a minute. Are kazoos designed to be sung through or, well, you, you or sing, just played? You go, and it makes the, the kazoo noise. So they're a melody instrument. They're a melody instrument, but you have to. it's up to you to hit the note. The kazoo doesn't have like little holes on it that allow you to, like a recorder. Oh, I see. I see. So, you don't, you don't, it's, you don't play notes like a trumpet there's no right valves on it so anything. yeah you're basically singing through uh you know the kazoo okay well, well now- humming or you know cross between humming and hooing melodically hooing humming and hooing well national kazoo day occurs annually uh although in some regions more often apparently <laughs> well you know kazoos are played uh year-round worldwide yeah and it's it, it accuse so it accuse it occurs annually as i said on or about january 28 or whenever it's convenient to the kazooist apparently <laughs> oh, well. um as stated by founder chaplain willard will willard ron willard of the joyful noise kazoo band at the homewood retirement home in williamsport uh, Williamsport, Maryland. After all, we have to be flexible, he says. Many kazooists choose the fourth Thursday in January because it's handy. Huh. Uh, so it's it's a little bit wishy-washy on the kazoo day, but it's generally about the 28th of uh, January. Right, but right, So right. We're, we're close enough here. Yeah. Um, National Kazoo Day. I, I haven't 
haven't played a kazoo in a long, long time. Well, you should go to your nearest dollar store and buy a kazoo. <laughs> no, because then my kids will want to play it constantly. And For your kids. They already have drums. And it, it's not like you're going to buy uh, you know, a $180 kazoo that's you know of uh, broadcast quality kind of thing. You go to a dollar store, you buy a plastic kazoo. It's got a bit of saran wrap on it. You know, uh, with an elastic band around it. Can you really get a hundred and eighty dollar kazoo? No, I I really have no idea, but I don't think it's uh, you know a, a, a classical instrument that <laughs> requires uh, a journeyman to to make it. Well, if you've got a kazoo lying around your house, break it out, people, and and celebrate National Kazoo Day on or around this time, whenever you feel like it. Really, I'm not entirely sure I've ever actually personally owned a kazoo. It's funny because you own like all that kind of all kinds of stuff like that. Well, there's all kinds of stuff, but again, it's it's a singing thing. That's never been never been my your, instrument right. instrument of choice. So uh, got it. I've never really owned one. All right. Well, I don't have one currently, but maybe I'll get one someday. Um, okay, uh, that's enough about that. If I sound a little funny today, it's because I'm just getting over the flu. Yep. I damn near died last week from the flu. I haven't had the flu in a long, long time. Would have killed a normal man. It it would have killed a normal man, I guess. But uh, I. I can't ever remember having the flu, to be honest, and I can't ever remember being that sick. Um, so apologies if I sound a little off today or if I slobber all over the mic or cough or anything like that. I'll try not to. Well, you know, slobbering on the mic is fine. It'll just offend me because I'm the only one who'll be able to see it. I also don't want to ruin my mic. No, it's probably not good for it. That's true. Slobber on your shirt. If you got a slobber, <laughs> slobber on your shirt. <laughs> Gross. Um <laughs> Uh, and that's also one of the reasons we're recording a couple of days late today. Some other stuff came up on Monday, but I just want to apologize that we uh, had to had to kick this episode back a couple of days. I just, you know, at your recommendation, really, I wasn't really up for it on Monday. I was well, still I knew how you felt because I got I had the flu uh, a few days before Christmas, like four or five days before Christmas. Yep, and it completely laid me out for like three days. I could I didn't even uh, wasn't even able to get out of bed. And uh, type on the internet. You were able to do that. Like you were actually on uh, uh, a messenger. Uh, briefly, I, I I was able to sort of. Last Thursday was the worst day. Last Thursday, I could barely move. Like yeah. I was just a shivering ball of fever, curled up on the floor, pretty much most of the day. Right. And uh, but I did. I, well, I was able to drag myself to a keyboard, check in to see you know what was going on on the internet for two minutes, and then and then uh, pass out again from deliriousness but right uh that was thursday last week um i'm still getting over it i still don't feel amazing yeah but uh we'll see we'll 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 see if we can get through this well i sympathized with you i knew that it would be tough and it was your first day back to work yep uh and i knew that uh, you know coming home after your first day back to work you'd be absolutely exhausted so i figured you know there's no real necessity to record on a monday this week i know it would be nice i kind of missed it but uh uh, you know, you could push it a couple of days. Sure, days. sure we can. But here we are, so... If it was a broadcast, like if it was the day after an episode aired... Well, we'd uh, have to I, I'd have dragged you out of bed by your hair. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I don't have enough hair to do a lot of dragging, so... I would have grabbed onto your scalp, pulled you down by that. Gross. <laughs> All righty, well, that's that's sort of our update on our everything that's happening on our end, so uh, let's get into some actual Walking Dead news, shall oh, we? Sure. All right. The Walking Dead News. <clears throat> All right, so a quick update on the Glenn Mazzara stepping down slash parting ways yeah. slash firing. Um, yeah. Let's, who knows, you know, what it really was. Amicable but, firing. That's right. <laughs> uh, the Hollywood Reporter recently uh, reported, or they did an interview with AMC CEO Josh Sapan. Okay. Sapan, S-A-P-A-N. And... Asked whether the comments from Sean Ryan and Kurt Sutter concerned him. If you recall from our last episode, those other showrunners from other networks had a fair bit to say about the transpiring of events regarding Glenn Mazzara. And so he was asked whether they concern him. And because I like to read, you know, non-answer marketing BS stuff, Mm -hmm. I'm going to read his response. Sweet. It goes as follows. We really do believe that people who make great TV shows have a rare capability, and we hold them in an extraordinarily high regard. Certainly, it would be preferable to have as much continuity as possible. We'll forge ahead and hope to make great shows and be the best place to work. We'll do the best we can to be an environment where the best creative people can flourish. We'll hopefully learn from everything we do. 
That's nice. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? That's very. It's a very fluffy statement. Well, that's that's what I said. Like it's just marketing BS, and yeah. I read a lot of that stuff when I'm dealing with TV executives or TV people in general. Right. Um, and then the other day, just I think yesterday, Deadline reported about an event that Glenn Mazzara was at at the National Association of TV Program Executives. Huh. Um, he was uh, part of a panel there, and someone asked him, of course, about you know the reasons for his departure. Right. And he said, when people uh, involved with the show are looking at a long-term plan, you know, they want something different sometimes. And what those differences are, you'd have to ask AMC. I was a hired gun coming in to support the creator of the show, and through odd circumstances, I ended up becoming the showrunner. I was just glad that I was able to contribute and not mess up the show. I see that as a win. Nice. That's how I feel about my job. <laughs> just go and don't screw anything up. I'm, I'm, Too badly. I'm happy that I can contribute and not mess anything up. Exactly. Well, I mean, what more can you ask for, really? Yep. So that's that's what he said. Uh, you know, he acknowledges the fact that there are differences, doesn't want to get into it, basically said you'd have to ask AMC. And uh, I think the most interesting thing here was when he said, I was a hired gun coming in to support the creator of the show. Right. And through odd circumstances, I became the showrunner. So he's, I don't know, maybe sort of offhandedly saying, you know, there's there's other people involved here and we didn't always see eye to eye. Yep. And uh, I'm thinking of one person in particular. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, that's that's that. I, 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 after this, you know, with the Frank Darabont thing, the whole story kind of came out eventually. So maybe that's what's going to happen here. But for now, they've been pretty quiet other than these uh, short statements. Right. Um, Carol. You know Carol from the show? Yes. She was originally going to die instead of T-Dog. Huh. Apparently. Really? According to... Greg Nicotero, in an interview, talking about scripts and people dying and things like that, he said, It's sad knowing the way the scripts come out. I know before the actors know when they're going to go. That's the hardest situation, to be on set and sitting next to someone, and you know that the writers are sitting in a room talking about how they are going to kill her off, he explained. In the original draft of Killer Within, Melissa McBride's character, Carol, was supposed to die. Irony, T-Dog wasn't going to die. It was going to be Carol. Huh. So I wonder if they were going to reverse that and uh, switch it up where she runs, you know, into a crowd of zombies to save him for some reason. Well, yeah. I mean, it would have been uh, everything leading up to that and pretty much everything, you know, from then till now uh, could easily been switched. Well, yeah. Um, reading this, I also thought of something else. What's that? Something occurred to me. Did and you- that is that I think I have a slight or maybe slight to moderate bias towards the comic book characters. If someone has to die, I'd rather be I'd rather it be a character invented from the show. You know, this may not be fair of me, but it's just sort of the way I feel. And I right. I, I I after reading that and thinking about it, I thought to myself, I'm glad Carol didn't die. And I think, you know, T Dog was fine, but if someone had to die, I would have called would have called for T Dog instead. I don't have that bias, but I'm also cl- glad that T Dog died rather than Carol because I like Carol as a uh, Carol's character more than I like T Dog's character. I think she had a richer character in the show. So you're strictly basing it on character, yes. not the fact that she's from the comic and he's not. Yes, and she has a lot more potential. Okay, and is a love interest for Daryl. That's right. We don't want Daryl to go lonely or an already set up love interest for Daryl. I mean, T Dog could have been a love interest for Daryl, but they haven't set that up yet. Whereas the Carol uh, Daryl thing, they, they've already kind of started on that road kind of kind of gone for it yeah um yeah i mean i agree with you entirely that i do like carol's character better um in in general in the show i think they've done uh i think there's more potential for her but a small part of it i have to admit is that i'm just more familiar with her i know her from the comic i know what she's done and will do in the comic and uh for some reason, that just makes me a little bit more on her side. All right. Well, it's uh, just to let you know, that's a completely harmless bias. A completely harmless bias. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but also interesting that uh, you know they were thinking of killing off Carol. Right. And I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I'm glad they changed their mind. All right. Finally, in the news, Daryl Dixon to be featured in Super Bowl ad. Really? So the Super Bowl is coming up. Sunday. On Sunday. Yeah. It involves... Football. Two football teams, <laughs> which... Uh, this is what I know so far. It, it's a football <laughs> game. I've watched the, the Super Bowl the last two years. Really? I haven't. 
I have never watched a full entire Super Bowl game in really? my life. Really? No. You should. No. Why? I don't, I don't Order wings, get some beer, and sit down and watch the, you know, 18 hours of football coverage. <laughs> I, could, I could do those things and not watch the football. That's true. I, the, the thing, okay, before we explain what the, the thing, the uh, story here is about. Let's talk about football. Football <laughs> is great. It's fine. I, I don't, but it is my least favorite or it is the sport i have the least amount of interest in of pretty much all of them team variety sport like well of the big four which are hockey baseball basketball and football right which are all team sports so you you know uh cycling for example is not a big sport in your uh, in your mind well i mean no it's a clearly a huge sport so is soccer right right but in terms of like north american what's on tv it's those four right, right. You, you get cycling on TV, you get tennis on TV, you get lots of stuff on TV. We don't but, get no highlight up here. Uh, no. I could we, use some more highlight. We should. Up here. We do get lacrosse up here, though. Oh, yeah. Lacrosse is awesome. Lacrosse is great. It's it, the same skill set as hockey, in my opinion. It, it is. Very Just, similar skill set, anyway. Yeah, that's right. You got to run instead of skate, but you still have to shoot and fight and all the good stuff. And the goalies are awesome because they got those huge suits. Huge suits. A lot easier to score in a lacrosse they, game than a hockey game. They look like marionettes. Right. I can see that. <laughs> oh, I love, yeah, I went to. I took. Uh, I took my wife to uh, uh, a lacrosse game here in Toronto for uh, Valentine's Day. Toronto Rock. When we were dating, yeah. That's good, man. I I have never been to a rock game, but I really want to. We didn't make it all the way through the game because we were so drunk we had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what from the booze at the ACC? Yeah, we just drank like. Crazy people and had to go because we were too drunk. It's too expensive to buy beer at the airport. It was Valentine's Day. I was on a date. Oh, all right. We were dating at the time. Probably had four or five before you got there. No. Wow. It was crazy. (laughs) Okay, anyways, lacrosse, I'll take it any day over football. Tennis, same thing. Swimming, cycling, I'll take, you know, any day over football. Something about football, I just doesn't do it for me. And now, to be fair, it, it doesn't help that I don't entirely understand the game. Right. Um, like I do baseball, football, I mean, baseball, basketball, and hockey, of course. Well, baseball's not hard to figure out. Basketball's not hard to figure out. Hockey's not hard to figure out. No. Football is, is more hard, is harder to figure out. Well, but they're, uh, baseball, the basics of baseball, you have to admit, are extremely simple. Yeah. Um, guy the, throws ball, guy hits ball with bat, by, guy runs around bases. Right. Everything else is ancillary. Not entirely, but uh, like the, the rules to hockey and, and basketball and stuff are a little bit more complex. But you, you can a, understand, you can glean the, 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 the <laughs> meaning of the game without understanding those little nuances of the rules, right? There's two teams, there's yep. a puck, this guy's trying to get the puck into that net, this guy's trying to get the puck into that net, whereas football, it's a lot more complex. It's like, why did everybody stop? And what's going? What's going? Why? What's going on there? How come? How come the team? The other team gets the ball now. You have X number of chances to get a certain number of downs, and that's th- right. Things like that. You got to go ten yards. Plus, it's different for Canadian football, which is much more available up here. Uh, seeing as we have no NFL teams in Canada, it's. I, I, yeah, I agree with you that football is harder to glean the to glean the rules from uh, just watching it with no additional input, like somebody explaining something. Uh, but hockey, you can figure out it's just. You know, you put a hockey stick in a kid's hand, and he's going to be able to figure out what to do. You know, you put a football in a kid's hand, it's a little harder. Because even throwing the damn thing is complex. It's true. Throwing a football is, is difficult. I can barely do it. And, well, I, and I don't do it well. I couldn't do it for a long time until somebody explained to me how. Okay. <laughs> now you can't. You lead with the elbow. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Until, you, until you know that, you're hooped. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So the Super Bowl's on on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch it. Uh, I'm going to watch the commercials because there will be an ad uh, for Time Warner Cable. It's not an AMC ad. It's not a Walking Dead ad. It's a Time Warner Cable ad, but it's featuring Daryl Dixon. Right. So all you Daryl Dixon fans out there, you're going to want to check this out. I don't know what he's going to be doing in the commercial. I don't know if it's going to be promoting just the TV show or the game in the TV show or whatever. But... um, Here's what Charlie Collier, president of general manager of AMC, had to say in a press release. Huh. Another press release. He said, this campaign uniquely and cleverly captures the spirit of The Walking Dead, as well as featuring one of the series' most iconic characters, Daryl Dixon. Wow. So the, uh, the spirit of The Walking Dead. They'll probably be zombies. Maybe it'll actually be a dramatic, like a short film, 30-second dramatic short film. I think him. it'll be a comedic interview. You think it'll be him <laughs> talking head, you know, watch The Walking Dead? Because it's yeah. Great. Do you remember that uh, that ad for the video game? 
the Dixon Brothers video game where yes. they just talk about this is going to be a, this is a great show and it I don't know I'm anyway I'm always skeptical I'm worried but hopefully it'll be a dramatic little short that'd be uh, fun yes I think that would be fun but we really don't know we'll have to watch to find out but it can't be a dramatic short because in order to be a dramatic short it's between uh, the last episode and the next episode right which. Daryl is not in a situation where a dramatic short short would make sense. Well, if it if it's if it's continuity if it's you canon. know continuity in continual integrity, no if canon. It, if it's canon, yeah. <laughs> if it fits within the the current existing plot, what if it's a it flashback? Do, that's hard to do. How, how long is the spot? Thirty seconds. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be hard to do. <laughs> well, okay. Anyway, we'll find out. Uh, somebody will find out. Everyone who watches it will find out. And I'm sure there will be a lot of Daryl Dixon fans. Maybe it'll be outtakes. Watching this sucker. Outtakes would be funny. Bloopers would be funny. <laughs> Does that capture the spirit of The Walking Dead? Bloopers? No. Not so much. <laughs> but hey, it would be funny. So that's on February 3rd, Sunday. Uh, I don't know what time the actual game is on, but presumably sometime in the evening. Do they, is the Super Bowl in the evening or the afternoon? Oh, it's all day, man. You get up, you watch the game itself. I have no idea. All right. I don't know either. Ask Late me about, afternoon, I think. Ask me about the Stanley Cup Finals. I can talk about that for days. When is the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, it will be in July this year because of the late season, and it's the Is it during the, the day? It's in the evening? Okay. It's in the evening, yes. How many periods? <laughs> Three, just like every other <laughs> hockey game. You sure? Pretty sure. 20 minutes? Yep. All right. There's only two teams on the ice. The ice rink is not a triangle. Will the clock count down or count up? It will count down. Right. Whereas in Olympics, it counts up. In international hockey, it often counts up. Okay. Yes. Which is weird. I like the count down. It seems to make more sense to me. Well, yeah. The ice size is different in international hockey, too. But that's a whole different thing. We talked about football long enough. We don't have any time to talk about hockey. Right. Um, that is it for the news this week. Just a few uh, few points there to keep to keep us going. Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. And when we come back, we are going to review the final two chapters of Telltale Games, The Walking Dead. Stay with us. We'll be right back. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have the opportunity to check out their service. We always like to recommend a book, and Jason, that's your department, so what have we got this week? Uh, well, I'm going to recommend a book that uh, we were actually talking about a little while ago, when you were considering getting. I was okay. So I, uh, I just finished The Hunger Games oh, look by at you. Uh, Suzanne Collins, narrated by Carolyn McCormick. Okay. So uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it is, it's obviously teen fiction, but uh, it was uh, it was it was an entertaining little romp. Teen fiction can be fantastic sometimes. Oh, I've, yeah. I've read some teen fiction. I've read some teen fiction. I have not read The Hunger Games yet. My wife has read all three of them. She loved them. Yeah. She's been bugging me to read them because, and she's been bugging me to watch the movies. So I am definitely going to go and pick up The Hunger Games on Audible and check yeah. it out. I, I much enjoyed it. I'm just I just started. Uh, I believe I don't. I started it this morning. The uh, the second book. Okay. So I bought and uh, started listening to it uh, this morning, yeah. That's awesome. Um, while we're on teen fiction, let's do something out of the ordinary here and do a double recommendation. Double. I want to also recommend that people pick up The Golden Compass, which ah. is technically teen fiction, um, but it is available on there, and it is another book that I think is fantastic, and I look forward to introducing it to my kids when they are, in fact, old enough possibly before they're teenagers, but also a really, really good story that you may have seen a movie made out of a couple of years back, but uh, if you want to go and check out the original novel, highly recommend The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. 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 
So uh, there you go, The Golden Compass or The Hunger Games, two excellent teen fiction recommendations this yeah. week for audible.com to download your free audiobook, either of those or one of the 100,000 other titles they have. Go over to audibletrial.com slash talking dead. That's audibletrial.com slash talking dead for your free audiobook. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. What we're going to do now is talk about the final two chapters of Telltale's The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. We talked about the first three um, in separate episodes earlier on. Um, quickly to recap, I think we both thought they were pretty good, but somewhat inconsequential. And it bugged us a little bit that um, uh, your choices didn't seem to have too much impact on the game, or at least they did in the moment but not long-term. Right. Now, the game has since gone on to win Game of the Year, right? Uh, which is really quite saying something for this game. Uh, if you'd asked me after those first three, did it deserve Game of the Year, I would have said no. Right. Fun game, not Game of the Year. Good style. I like the, uh, the animation. Mm-hmm. There was lots I liked about it. There was, uh, there was a few things that I didn't like about it. A uh, very simplistic kind of gameplay. Sure, but as we d- discussed, I mean, it's really just telling a story through the form of a video game, you right. know? It's not like your your typical shooter or yeah. strategy game. It's not a typical game. It was more of a Sierra police quest kind of thing, but with it was a simplified police quest or leisure suit Larry. Yes. So the strength of it, though, was the story that it was telling. The storytelling, the character acting, the... the uh, the style of the game, mm-hmm. the graphical style, that mm-hmm. uh, very, very much uh, strong points. So, so after those first three, I was kind of, like, I was liking it, didn't absolutely blow me away like as sort of did with some other people, and I definitely wouldn't have told you that this was going to be the game of the year. Right. Now, I've played number four and five since then. I thought four, part four particularly, I think was the best of all four, and I think number four was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then coupled with five, and as a five-part story narrative, um, from that perspective, I think it might be worthy of Game of the Year. I mean, right. you can't really fault it for the choices it makes in st- in like m- game mechanics and and control style and things like that, because that's just what it was. That right. was their approach to it. Um, I think you really have to, you know, you really have to judge it on the merits of the story and, and like you said, some of the uh, voice acting and so on. And I think those things all really came together in number four and number five. I would agree with you mostly, except that I don't think that uh, my opinion increased as much as yours in the last two episodes. I thought it was more of the uh, the solid uh, storytelling that we saw in the first three episodes. Uh, I think... There was some there were some moments in episode four and definitely some moments in episode five which I really liked, but there were moments in every episode that I really liked. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, uh, you know, I, I'm hesitant to use the phrase "more of the same," but more uh, it's uh, continuing the excellence. Let's okay. say, right? <laughs> That's good. So which uh, is sort of more of the same, but a little bit better. So. It, uh, yeah, it was a very good game, and it continued to be a very good game, but I don't think it it went from uh, a pretty good game to game of the year in my head. See, I, I'm, I'm more willing to go there. Like, I think it was a pretty good game that turned into an excellent game in the last two, in the last two episodes for some reason. What they were able to, to pull off, I think, you know, once you get to uh, the city in the, that you spend the last two episodes in, um, for me, the... Uh, the um, the location was a little bit, the locations were a bit more interesting. Um, certainly in terms of the Walking Dead world too, where, you know, in the Walking Dead, we spend a lot of time out in the forest and, and, yeah. uh, and things like that. In I mean, in general, in the comics and TV show, you yeah. know, they're, they're in the prison and so on, but, uh, they haven't actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they, I don't think they've actually spent a lot of time in developed or, or city-type locations. No. They're always trying to get out of the city and get away from it. In the game, we go to a city. So in number four, we get the um, 
the sewer stuff where yep. they, he goes underground. Um, they basically do get to the water and, you know, some stuff happens there. And I, uh, they end up, you know, living in a house that's right in a city with walls around it. There's zombies outside and so on. So I, and I liked all that about it. And I thought it really, really made it that much better and that much more interesting and exciting. I, I think of all the five episodes, uh, I liked number three the best. But I might be biased because I really like trains. Yeah, I was going to say, the train thing is pretty unique, too. And I did enjoy that train episode quite a bit as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, think it, I think it was the best. I thought I, uh, I played it, I don't know, I played it deeper. I, I, you know, I, had, I went through every conversation I possibly could in that game, in that episode. I went through, uh, I enjoyed, uh, there were more puzzles in that game than any other game, any other episode, sorry. Uh, you know, trying to figure out how to get the train to work. And uh, once you got the train to work, then you had to figure out some other stuff. I forget exactly what you had to figure out, but there was a lot more. Uh, you know, I remember walking from the front of the train to the back of the train, to yeah. the front of the train to the back of the train, get off the train, look for stuff, get on back on the train. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of that, which I really liked. Plus, there was a lot of character stuff going on in the third one, too, yeah. uh, you know, with things that I don't necessarily want to spoil, but... Um, a lot of character interaction and character management almost with the other the other people in your group, right? Um, so yeah, n- number three, I agree with you, three was good. Another thing about four and five, though, I thought is that they finally paid off the your choices early in the game will affect things later in the game. They did, but I don't think it, uh, I, I don't agree with you on the scope of how awesome that was. Well, I I think I know why you don't agree with me, but I I do think they managed to pay it off. Like, that was one of my big problems with the first one, two, and three episodes, maybe. But, you know, in retrospect, you look back and are like, well, what did you expect? In the first one, you're making choices that seem to not pay off into anything, but you're only in the first of five parts. They have a long way to go here, right? You can't really hold that against them. And even in the second and third one, now that I've done it all, I sort of have a little bit more understanding of, okay, they were going somewhere with that, even though that choice at the time I thought was completely inconsequential. Well, it it definitely was a callback to your choices, right? But I don't think that it was a big payoff of, like, it, it didn't really change what happened based on your choices. It just kind of, there was a callback to them and they were your choices were referenced. Well, yeah, okay. So let's let's explain what we're talking about here. In the fifth part, you meet a new character who actually talks to you about some of the choices you've made because he has somehow been following along. Yeah, he's, he's been his life has been affected by your choices. Exactly, and he's privy to your choices because of the walkie-talkies that have been in the game that Clementine has had the whole time. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I know what you mean. It felt a little bit on the nose to have a character walk into the game and say, you did this and so this, and you made this choice and here's how I feel about it. And it made you this kind of person and so on. Right. And I was like, really, did they need to do that? Couldn't they come up with a more organic way to just outline the choices you made? Right. And I agree. It was a bit silly to have that in there, but I didn't mind it that much. And there were other things going on in that fifth part that were also influenced by some of the choices you made. And that made up for it, in my opinion. I'm uh, not sure what you're referencing. Well, there's a point at which you have to go and do something. And you want, you're in your group of people and you want some of them to come with you. Right. And depending on choices you've made throughout the game, all four chapters previous, that determines who goes with you. Right. And um, there are a lot of different variants uh, available to to who actually comes for that final part of the game, basically. Right. Okay. And that felt like that felt like it was it was all four chapters leading up to something to me, and I thought and I thought that was good. And if there was a little bit more of that, it would have been absolutely perfect. It's just instead they had this other character who said, "I saw you do this," and. Right. Then this happened. So did you continue your uh, playing multiple games? No. And the interesting thing is I continued with the second game instead of the first game. You found that more uh, entertaining? No, it was an accident. Right. <laughs> um, I still do have both games, but I've only finished the second one. The difference was in the first game, I was really 
trying to be a helpful, good person. Right. You know, in the second game, I was sort of doing the opposite, being a dick. But then what happened is when I loaded up number uh, chapter four, I accidentally loaded the second game, not knowing, not realizing it. So I finished. So the first three chapters I played as a dick and the second two or the final two chapters I played sort of as a nicer guy. Right. So it, I think it kind of made the ending a little weird for me because I had a complete change of personality right in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been weird for the other characters. It, I'm sure it, it was, yeah. Um, so I may go back and, re- and play that first game and, um, and just see what the outcome is of sort of trying to help everybody along the way. Right. We'll, we'll find out. But in, uh, in episode three, all I did was press the B button. You remember that? Yep. Uh, so this one I actually made choices, and I tried to be... Uh, I'm not even sure if uh, I was playing a character. I just you know, read the options and chose one that I thought would, was appropriate. I'm mm-hmm. not, there, there was no, it wasn't a moral choice. It was just like, that one, that mm-hmm. one, that one. Sometimes I was a dick, sometimes I wasn't. Oh, yeah, well, it's like life, really. It's like <laughs> life. Sometimes I, uh, I meant to say something nice, and it just comes off as a, being a big dick. There you go. <laughs> a big bag of dicks. Yeah. I've been watching the Louie show a lot Yeah, lately. a bag of dicks. That's, that's a good, uh, <laughs> it's a good bit. Um, Did you see his stand-up? You well, should watch a Louis C.K. stand-up routine. I, I, I've, yeah, I have seen some of it. I, Did, I mean, obviously, I've seen what's on the TV show, but I've seen some of his specials, too. He, Not a full thing. Oh, there's one of his specials where he talks about the bag of dicks. Okay. And he goes into quite some detail about just the visualization of the bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah, well, in the show, when he's visualizing it, and he picks it up, and he opens it and kind of looks in, he <laughs> makes a face like it smells really bad. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good show. Different thing. A funny, funny show. Funny guy. Uh, so back to Walking Dead, I think, in my opinion, the, the final two chapters were amazing. They were the best of, uh, of all five. The fifth one maybe was the best of all five. I really like the ending. And the I, ending, ending was, was solid. Spectacular, spectacular, yep. which we won't get into in any detail. It ended. The game ended. It sure did. And it looks like they're going to be making another one. Season two. Uh, season two of The Walking Dead by Telltale Games. Have so, they announced characters, or is it going to be... Uh... Don't know. have no idea where it's going to go, or what it's going to be, or who's it going to star. It might just be a whole new cast of characters. Could be. Never know. That'd be fun. It would be fun. I could I could get on board with that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to play it, for sure, especially well, yeah. after this. And I'm you know what? I'm going to give it... You know, I feel like we... I didn't give this game as enough of of its due at the beginning because of some of the shortcomings of my own self. Right. <laughs> and my ability to understand what they were doing with this game. But now that I do, I think maybe the second one, if they can keep the quality level so high and the storytelling so good that uh, I may really, really, really enjoy this game coming up. I would, uh, I would, I would agree with that. I just got a connect though, so they're going to have to make a connect version of it. Uh, yeah, where you actually walk around. Do 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 do. Pretend you're walking, and you have to run for a while. <laughs> uh, if I ever get my my endurance back in my lungs after the flu, I'll hook up the connect and try it out. Yeah, it's the uh, the Xbox Mime device. <laughs> makes you into a mime. Well, that's fine. I'm sure the kids will like it. They oh, got the kids it. will love it. They got it for me for my birthday, so we'll try it out on the did weekend. You get, uh, did you get that game where you get to have a pet tiger or whatever it is? Uh, connect, connectimals? Connectables. I don't know. that. I don't know if that comes with it. It might oh. come with it. Because you get to have a pet, and you can pet the pet. It's yeah. Neat. And it'll mimic you. You roll around, and it yeah. rolls. Well, I got the Star Wars game. We'll try that out. I think we got a fitness game for the wife. Probably I should use it, too, but we'll see. Um, so there you go. If you have any thoughts on the Telltale game, or if you want to comment on anything we said, by all means, send your comments into talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or give us a call on the Zomb line. It's toll free. 1-866-483-ZOMB. Just before we move on, we got an email from Luke in London, England, and he wrote in asking about the character of Lily in the game right. versus Lily in The Road to Woodbury and, of course, Lily in the comic. Right. And uh, I went to the Walking Dead wiki and found this on the Lily page for the game. 
Upon the release of the Road to Woodbury novel, which features a different backstory for Lily than the video game, the developer Telltale Games removed the official website, removed from the official website all references to Lily being the same character from the comic series. Ah. So it seems like initially it was supposed to be the same person, but then the, the video game people and the novel people never really got together, so two totally different backstories, <laughs> right. and they decided that Lily in the video game was a different character. I have that uh, same problem in uh, software development. You do? <laughs> Where, you know, you're working in a team of developers, and you develop something, and they develop something, and it's basically the same thing, but they're completely two different takes on it. And you should have just had a conversation, and it would have been a lot less, a lot more seamless. Got it. Okay. One other thing that the Telltale uh, people did is that they changed the name of one of the achievements, which I'm not going to tell you because it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, but it's a further indication that they were separating Lily in the game from Lily in the rest of the Walking Dead canon. I wasn't paying attention to the achievements, so I didn't notice. Oh well, she she I, I tell one me of them, offline. Yeah, exactly. One of them one of them was a bit of a revealing uh, had a revealing name. Um, and then finally, the wiki says that uh, Robert Kirkman himself stated that Lily from the games is a different Lily and not the one from the novels and comics after people started wondering, you know, who it was. I don't have a citation on that, and they didn't cite, cite it on their site. So I'm not sure when or where he said that. But apparently, you know, from the horse's mouth, it's a different Lily. And to, uh, to add to the confusion, I have a cat named Lily. <laughs> Which is not the same. Which character. is not the same character. It is uh, she is a uh, a much different character with uh, different uh, desires and needs. I have a niece named Lily. Right. That is also not the same character from the game, the book, or your cat. Right. <laughs> I also have a cat named Rosie, which there was no Rosie in any context, but I figured I said Lily's name. I just say Rosie's name as well. Why not? You're giving your cat's <laughs> shoutouts on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Lily. <laughs> if your wife listened, maybe she'd be excited. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was fun. Let's move on to this now. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. We got uh, an email and a couple of calls. Then we're going to wrap things up and then do some spoilers. So okay. don't go anywhere if you want to. I'm not going some, anywhere. Here's some spoilers. You can't leave. Yeah. Okay, Wayne from North Carolina writes in and he says, Hi guys, I had a chance to play the Walking Dead board game over the holidays. My sister got it as a gift, and we tried it out on Christmas night. I don't know if it was the alcohol or we were just dumb, <laughs> but it seemed like the instructions could have done with some improvement. It took us a long time to get over the learning curve with what should be a really simple game. We played with four people, so once two of us became zombies, it was, it was a pretty intense game. At first, it seemed like the zombies have an unfair advantage, but my brother-in-law actually won the game for the survivors. Uh-huh. My fiancé has Twilight Creations tile-based game called Zombies with three exclamation points, and it's loads more fun. Ah. Which, uh, which version of the game was he playing? They were playing the, um, um, shoot, is it the, t- it's the TV one. Where it's this big square, yeah. and you go around and you become a zombie and you chase Yeah, you else. go around okay. the square and you're going through the, 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 the uh, Sewer? sewers, yeah, the shortcuts and stuff. Okay. I, I believe that's the one. They played. I'm that's the TV one. That's for sure. sure. Yes. Um, our feeling was that it would probably have been more fun with four people because yeah. you and I played it by ourselves. And uh, I think we got the impression that uh, zombies definitely had the advantage as well. Right. Although Wayne's brother-in-law won it as a survivor. So maybe so. you need to have four people. Yeah, exactly. You can throw other survivors in the way of zombies and help yourself maybe. <laughs> yeah. Just like real life. Just like real life. You don't have to outrun the zombies. Just outrun your friends. It's right. You don't have to be or, the fastest one in the group, just or, not the slowest. Or shoot Otis in the foot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so maybe someday we'll try the game again, but thanks for your thoughts on it, Wayne, if anyone else has tried it, or the uh, or you know the other Walking Dead game. Uh, let us know. Now, the, other, the game you mentioned called Zombies with three exclamation points. Do you have that? No, Dave. Dave has Dave it. has that. I know one of us Dave's did. been trying to get, the, get us to play that for years. God, we got to go and try that, because <laughs> apparently it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, you know, not Walking Dead related, but definitely zombie related. Yeah. So uh, thanks for the tip, Wayne. We will give it a try. All right. Um, Nikki from upstate New York, who's called in numerous times, she gave us a call about uh, Milton's future role now that Penny is dead. So let's see what she had to say. 
Hi, guys. This is Nikki from upstate New York calling. I was actually calling to ask if you guys were able to read the short story in the Walking Dead magazine, issue one, called Just Another Day at the Office. I think it covers that gap that you're looking for between the two books. Uh, I don't really want to go on from there because I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. But the other thing I wanted to ask you is what do you think Milton's new role is going to be now that Penny's, like, dead, dead? Because I feel like the only reason the governor had him doing those experiments was to bring Penny back. But now that Penny's dead, dead, where does that leave Milton now? Uh, just was wondering what your guys' thoughts were. Looking forward to the next podcast. Bye. First of all, there's a short story in The Walking Dead magazine number one that bridges the gap between the two novels, apparently. Well, that'd be handy to read. I know. We should pro- <laughs> I should probably read that. I have the magazine. I picked up a couple of copies at New York Comic Con, and I believe I gave one away to a listener. Right. Um, but I still have one here, so uh, I'm going to go check that out. I didn't realize it was even in there. I, to be honest, I've barely flipped through the magazine yet. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't read it. I don't own it. And I think Walking Dead magazine number one or two is is out now, maybe even the third one. I haven't picked them up just because, you know, when I go to the comic store, they're not like sitting there right in front of my face and I'm not really looking for them. So maybe I'll try to find them. But um, that would be interesting to see, to to bridge the novels a little bit. Yeah, that'd be great. And something I realized, and maybe we talked about this when we reviewed The Road to Woodbury, Mm -hmm. but it almost seems like The Road to Woodbury should have come before, title oh, yeah. aside, even the story in there should have been come before um, Rise right. of the Governor. I don't know. I, 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 the, from title-wise, absolutely yes. But uh, the road to Woodbury, you know, when they get there, he's already in charge. Yeah, he. I, I guess so. But, I mean, they're they're happening so concurrently that I feel like they could have done one or the other. It wouldn't have mattered. They just had to do the one about the governor first because if not, then you have a book that's supposed to be about the governor in Woodbury where he's not in it for half of it. Right. Anyhow, total tangent. I just that's something that occurred to me the other day, so I, I remembered it now. Yeah, you you've mentioned that on the air. Did I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> I mention I say a lot of things. Yeah. Um what was the other half of Nikki's call there? It was about um Milton's future role. Oh yeah, since uh Penny is dead dead. So his whole goal or his whole mandate from the governor was try to find a way to cure these zombies so that I can bring my daughter back. That's right. Penny's now dead dead as she said and and now what's Milton going to do? Do I you don't think know. think he'll just fade away into the background? Do you think he'll still be part of the governor's inner circle of management team? Uh it could go either way. <laughs> we could just not see Milton anymore. Like they'd just you know not be in the show. Anymore. That's what I mean. Like he just might fade away, and he might just not really be there at all. Right. Or he'll get killed. That's the other potential yeah, absolutely. possibility. Kill him off. Kill him off because he's not needed anymore, and he's just dead weight hanging around. <laughs> That's right. You know, maybe the governor will throw him into the ring with a zombie and see what happens. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> He'd probably just walk to the zombie and lie down. Yeah. <laughs> it is Milton after all. It is. Uh, all right, thanks for that, Nikki. We got Max from Connecticut next. Um, I think with a correction of something we talked about, of course, last time because people love doing that, and we appreciate it, and we need it. We're morons. Here we go. Hey guys, Max from Connecticut. Uh, I'm gonna call you guys Jaspers again because I'm commenting out on uh, Ellis Island, uh, the big American uh, jail. Um, uh, from Connecticut, I had to call it. It's it's not a jail. It's where people that are immigrating into America um, come, and when they immigrate, they go to Ellis Island and first and get their paperwork, all that kind of stuff. That's where the Statue of Liberty is. Um, I mean, it is a jail. It's we're calling America a jail. Anyways, uh, it's okay. I mean, honest mistake. I probably don't know a lot of Canadian stuff, like uh, like everything. Anyways, uh, kind of upset about Glenn Mazzara. I'm excited about the new season coming out, but really worried about this change. I know TV's, you know, they change showrunners all the time, but I don't know. Uh, the one thing I'm a little happy about is I feel like this season and the show is going way too quick. I was really hoping they'd break up this governor's storyline into two separate parts, two separate seasons. But uh, now that he lost his eyes, kind of... You know, they skipped over all the, you know, iconic scenes, kind of thinking it's going to end with this one, and I don't know where they're going to be after the season. 
Well, that's all I have to say. Uh, talk to you guys when the season starts. Later. All right. Thank you, Max. I was thinking of Rikers Island. Yes, um, exactly. Scott from South Jersey also wrote in to correct us. He said, I believe you were thinking of Rikers Island, which is indeed a hardcore prison. Right. And and I learned that from Law & Order. Because I've watched oh. 20 years worth of Law & Order, and they've gone to Rikers many times. Many times. Okay. I don't know if Rikers Island is strictly a prison, like if it's right. just a prison or if there's other stuff on it too. Um Alcatraz, for example, is just a prison or was just a prison. Now it's a museum. Now it's a museum. A really entertaining one. I've been to Alcatraz. And I, I've, I saw it once when I was in uh, San Francisco on a layover, uh, but I never went there. Well, next time you go to San Francisco, do it. It's. I, I thought it was really, really good. Rikers Island, um, again, I, I'm going to start talking out of my ass, but I believe it is still a functioning prison, is yeah, it not? Rikers Island is New York City's main jail complex, as well as the name... Uh, of the you know four hundred and thirteen point one seven acre island on which it sits, so okay. it's it's the jail complex and the island is called Rikers Island, and I believe it uh, ooh, yeah takes up the whole island. For there's there's an aerial photographer fo- photograph here. Okay, uh, and uh, holy Connecticut, it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> I it, I'm sure it's pretty big. I mean, yeah. it's a big jail. Um, Ellis Island, kind of the opposite. Yes. That's where people come in to... Bring us your poor, your tired. That's right. <laughs> and join join the country. Right. Um, yeah, you know, just get, get those islands mixed up. There's a lot of islands. I mean, what can you do? Yeah. But I apologize if we offended anyone uh, with our loose tongues. We have a Toronto Island. Yes, we do. There's an airport there and a nude beach. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> cottages. Cottages and a marina and yeah. things like that. Good stuff. Oh, no. and, and, uh, and a little tiny uh, roller coaster. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's the uh, Center Island. There used to be that... Oh, no, Center Island and... Uh, um, yeah, okay, you're right. Center Island, Toronto Island, sort of the same thing. Sort of the same thing. <laughs> Center Island used to have that spinning thing where you'd stick against the wall. Oh, yeah. And spin around and around, and yeah. you could go upside down on the wall and those stuff. Are, uh, those are good times. The cent- What'd they call it? Centrifuge. Centrifuge. All righty. Um, thank you, uh, Max. Oh, the other part of his call was about the Glenn Mazzara stuff and how the season was going a little bit too fast and how he's he's maybe okay with uh, where you know what they're doing here. Yep. yep. Um, I just want to remind him that you know even though they've skipped seemingly skipped over stuff or gone too fast, you know there's lots of ways for them to inject things that it looks like they've missed into a future episode. So the nice thing about plowing through things like this and a new showrunner is that nobody really knows where the show is going to go. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's all up in the air. So when you do see it all play out in front of your eyes on TV, it should be a nice surprise. Right. That's the way I'm going to look at it. (laughs) Right. Anything could happen. Anything is possible after this. Uh, and it, even though it was before too. So, all right, we're going to wrap the show up now. We are going to stick around just after that for some spoilers though. And I should tell people right now that they aren't, I mean, they're potential spoilers. They're not technically spoilers because I don't know that any of this stuff is confirmed. It is mostly based on rumors. Right. So, you know, if it does happen to come true, then yes, these things are spoilers. If not, <laughs> well, they might just be people making stuff up. Right. But some of them sound plausible. Some of them sound interesting. And uh, it's our job here to bring them to you if you want to hear them. That's right. So... For those who aren't going to stick around, by all means, give us a call if you have any thoughts or comments on the Zomb line. That's one 483 zomb That's 9662, and it's a toll-free number. We are on Twitter, at Talking Dead, or our Facebook page, where most of the action is, is at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. We, of course, are also on email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. So... Uh, for a relatively quick episode for the last uh, one in a long time. Um, We'll be back next time, like I said off the top, unless something big and exciting happens next week, we will be back for episode number nine when the show is back on, on the uh, 10th of February. So until then, thanks for listening. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. We'll see you next time. Ciao.
All right, time to do a few spoilers here for spoilers. those for those of you sticking around. Appreciate it. Uh, and um, here's here's what we've got. So the first one is not all that spoilery, but this is what Lauren Cohen had to say um, in an interview. Uh, I think she was interviewed interviewed by SciFiNow.co.uk. She said, "Season three has already broken all cable records in the United States and only continues to intensify into the season." Some of the stuff that's happening is going to make television history. Oh, um, is that a spoiler? Not really. That's what I mean. That's not really a spoiler because that could mean anything. Television history, I mean, who knows? They've already made television history with the ratings that they've gotten. Right. Um, this is the first time ever in the history of television that Daryl Dixon will fight Merle Dixon. That's right. First time ever. <laughs> television history. <laughs> Absolutely. One of them, two men enter... And from the previews, two men leave. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but from um, uh, she also had something to say about season three, episode eleven, which is called "I Ain't a Judas." Right. She said something about everything will come together and the show will get even darker and more intense. Mm. So that could be a little spoilery in that everything's coming together. Maybe that's when. Uh, Woodbury launches an attack on the prison or vice versa. Right. We don't really know what's going to happen there. Or both at the same time. Both at the same time. They And they take different roads, so they That's get right. there and nobody's home. Where is everybody? Hey, what's going on? Let's just move in. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that's minor spoilery. Now, this a little bit more so. This also comes from Examiner. They have a spoilers page for Walking Dead. And these are um, what may be... Some spoilers for episode 14, 15, and 16. Okay. Number 14 called Prey. And uh, I confirmed that it's P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y. Okay. Uh, that's something we were wondering last podcast. I like that better, actually. Prey. Uh, apparently, number 14, the governor attacks the prison. A big battle starts. Right. Rick is seriously injured. Oh, no. And Daryl must make a decision. So Daryl survives until then. Yes. Well, we know he survives the the battle in the arena, but yeah, we don't know really past that. Um, So the thing about this is it kind of reads like one of your typical AMC story uh, episode descriptions, except it actually says things instead of just, (laughs) you know, people walk around and think about stuff. Right. So uh, number 15 called This Sorrowful Life. Rick is betrayed. Oh, no. Andrea and Michonne are once again reunited. The governor confronts Rick and Glenn to tell them where Andrea is. So we don't know where she is. So if that's true, it means that we go all the way through to episode 15 without Andrea and the Rick and the gang coming back together. Right. I'll be honest, that's going to drive me insane if this is true. <laughs> they need to get her, they need to introduce that conflict in her for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Then number 16, Welcome to the Tombs. This one gets really interesting. Rick has escaped with Martinez and figures out that someone in the group has been tricking them. Oh. Someone in the group commits suicide. And Rick blames Tyrese for the cause. Someone in the group commits suicide. So what they're, what they're saying here is Rick has escaped with Martinez. So Rick was in Woodbury, apparently. Yep. yep. Then escapes. Um, possibly with the help of Martinez. Right. Which is interesting. And, uh, and then someone k- kills himself. Yeah, which would be which would be a, a new thing. I wonder if it's someone we've met already, or whether it's going to be a a, a red shirt introduced maybe, at some point. Maybe it's Milton. Maybe it's. Uh, I mean, Milton would be a character that that I could see offing himself. Yeah, you know that's true. Speaking of Milton earlier, uh, but Rick blames Tyrese for the cause, so you'd think it would have to be someone that Tyrese. Um, knows or what I'm thinking is if Rick is indeed over in Woodbury and he's there for a while and he has to escape with Martinez maybe he goes there and leaves Tyrese in charge back at the prison so when he gets back he's like but somebody this guy killed himself it was all your fault or Tyrese kills himself and he's the only one to blame because he killed himself (laughs) I suppose that's a possibility (laughs) (laughs) chances are that's not what they mean no chances it is possible of all the people that are still going to be alive by episode 16, which is the last one, yep. um, I'm going to say it's probably Glenn, Carl, Maggie, and Daryl. 
that Her, that are still alive in episode sixteen okay. that are potentials for killing themselves. I you think one. Of the, I don't see one of them killing. Themselves. I don't see Carl killing himself. No, Carl's not going to. I don't see Glenn or or Maggie killing yep. themselves. And what was who was uh, Daryl? No, Daryl. Daryl's not going to kill himself. Yeah. So Herschel. Herschel is Her- is what I can think. Judith probably not. But Herschel's probably going to be dead by then, anyways. If I had to, if I had to, if I had to guess who was going to die in the second half of this half of this season, or you keep him alive just so that he can kill himself for dramatic effect. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's okay. Maybe it's one of those suicides where it's not really a choice he makes, or or it's a it's a choice in the moment, right? Like he's stuck in a room, zombies are coming in, there's no other door, and he shoots himself in the head before he gets torn apart. Like T Dog, T Dog sacrificed himself, but it was kind of a suicide. It wasn't. Well, it was a. It was you know he he did it to save Carol, but uh, you know maybe this was something else that he. I don't know. Suicide is different than sacrificing yourself for the good of the group, right? It's true, but I, I don't mean, like, if Herschel's stuck in a room, I don't mean he's doing that. Like, he didn't lead them there. He didn't, you know, he's just, for some reason, zombies are coming in, and he has nowhere to go, and he just doesn't want to suffer. Right. I mean, that's closer to a suicide than anything else. I'm going to have to go with Herschel. Okay. Herschel. I'm surprised he survived this long. And if he survived this long, he's surviving for a reason, and he's not going to make it for the, the till the next season. No, especially not with one leg, too. And think about new showrunner coming in. Maybe Glenn Mazzara had some ideas for what they were going to do with Herschel. Maybe Kirkman didn't like that. Maybe who knows what's, you know, maybe maybe they just are going to go in a different direction altogether. Yeah. New showrunner is like, all right, well, we got to get rid of Herschel, so let's make him go out and, uh, with a shotgun to the face or something right um there's also beth don't forget i mean uh, and, and carol <laughs> no i don't see i don't see I, they may die but i don't see them killing themselves mm, uh, well but beth wanted to once already remember maybe she comes back around to that sort of feeling that's true you know and maybe she hangs herself out of the tower prison or something i mean that would be effective mm-hmm. uh but carol she managed to survive in a cell alone for two days. I don't think she's got suicidal tendencies. No, me neither. So there you go. Okay, so um, Norman Reedus, the other day, this is the last one we've got here, uh, just yesterday, did an event in Sydney, Australia. And it was a promotional event where they got him in the theater. They showed an episode, the final episode of uh, the mid-season finale. Yep. And then they did a Q&A with him and so on. Renzo, a listener in South Australia who was at the event, sent in uh, an email about it. And he seems to think that that um, Norman Reedus dropped a massive spoiler by accident on oh. stage. Uh, but I, we got another email from Danielle, who was also at the event, another listener in Sydney, Australia, who gave me a, a thorough rundown of the whole thing, plus a couple of pictures, which I really appreciate both of you guys sending this in. I wasn't really even aware of this thing taking place, so um, it makes me happy that you guys thought to... to you know, send us a report. It's really fantastic. Cool. Um, but she gives me a whole rundown of it and doesn't mention this spoiler at all. So take this, you know, with a grain of salt. Renzo says that during the session, Norman was asked, what happens when a cast member dies during the series? Do you remain friends? This is where Norman let out a tidbit from what will happen in season three. We actually have a death dinner when a cast member dies in the series, he said. I know it sounds morbid, but we all get together and have a few drinks, cry, hugs all around, and talk about the way we go out. Right. I think I already knew that. I've heard that, that that's what they do. You okay. Know, just that's it. Now, here comes the spoiler. He continued, apparently, and said, Stephen was actually pissed about the way he went out, even though it wasn't a glamorous way of going out by being hit in the head with a shovel. So Stephen is Stephen Young. Yeah. But two, yeah. two things about this uh, strike me as odd. Number one, I don't see him making this kind of this kind of error no letting that's that's huge that's 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 a deliberate act that's a starting a sentence and not checking yourself and uh basically purposefully doing something to either spoil uh yeah it doesn't strike me as a slip of the tongue no exactly because it's a full sentence according to to renzo and and you know i mean 
Maybe he had a few drinks. You never know. I mean, things can slip out like this, right? He just got confused about the episodes. Maybe Stephen Young is killed off in the first episode back, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. That didn't happen yet. You know, right. now he's thinking. But I still find it a little tough to believe that, that he would let that slip. So if it's true, Glenn lovers, you might be in for a bad time in yeah, the near that, future. Well, I'm a Glenn lover. I think that I'm going to be in for a bad time if yeah, he dies. I, I am too. I like Glenn a lot. Um, so we'll or see. Or maybe he was making a joke. It also could have been a joke. The part about being hit in the head with a shovel makes it sound a little bit like a joke. Right. If you recall, um, Rick gets hit in the head with a shovel way back in the first episode of season one. That's right. And then he hits a zombie in the head. Is it? Does he use a shovel when, when Morgan is um, sort of training him to kill zombies? I think so. Or is it an axe? I think it's a shovel. No, it's a baseball bat. Or it's a baseball bat. Yeah. Anyways, Rick takes a, sh- takes a shovel to the head. Right. Um. So this could just be a reference back to that. So the other thing is uh, Danielle, who sent our, her detailed report, doesn't mention this at all in her email. So, right. you know, I don't know. Maybe Renzo had a few drinks and he was hearing things. <laughs> <laughs> I, who knows? Who knows? Um, but I appreciate both of you sending in, uh, sending in your reports. It was really sort of fun to hear about it. Um, one other interesting thing that I wanted to mention that Renzo said is that um, Norman also mentioned that when, when asked if his character would appear in the comics, and apparently his answer was this, Frank Darabont has the rights to the character. So until they sort that out, I don't think he'll appear in the comics for now. Huh. Interesting, interesting concept here that some of the new characters in the show aren't owned by Robert Kirkman because he didn't create those characters. Right. Frank Darabont did. Right. Or potentially Glenn Mazzara, I suppose. That's interesting. Yeah. And I suppose if everything was hunky-dory and they were still friends and working together and, you know, getting coffees every morning, right. maybe it would be a little easier to get Daryl into the comic. True. But probably not so much anymore. Nope. So, um, interesting. Thanks, you guys, for sending those in. And uh, that's it. That's going to be it for spoilers. So, again, I don't know if those are all spoilers or if any of them are, but they might be. And I wanted to throw them all out there and... Uh, See what you thought. They're all rumor and conjecture. Exactly. And that's what we thrive on around here. That's right. Here. <laughs> all right. We already ended the show, so uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. See ya.